And so today we're going to talk about our last thing. And this is the last piece of this Disconnected series. And then next week we get to start a new series, which I'm super pumped about. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but I'm just excited to get to start something new. That's always a fun time for me to get to like kind of go in a new direction and look at something different. Uh, But we've talked about many things throughout this series that can cause a disconnect between us and God. Um, and, And really... So far, all the things we've talked about are things that kind of relate to ourselves and things that we need to fix about who we are. Now, today's lesson's a little more out of our hands, and and, and we'll explain more about exactly why that is in just a second. But we are going to talk about people who become disconnected from God because they don't appreciate God to the extent that they should. And I'm sure that some of you are sitting out here going, I, I appreciate God the proper amount. And, and I just want to say, before we really get started, that I don't honestly feel that there is any human alive that appreciates God to the magnitude that God needs to be appreciated, mainly because I don't know if humans are capable of that type of appreciation and If we were to appreciate God to the level to which he deserves to be appreciated, our lives would be without sin because we would be so appreciative to him that we would never allow sin to affect us. We would never allow temptation to draw us away from God. And so we're going to talk about becoming disconnected from God because we don't appreciate him the way that we should. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to look at two reasons that we don't appreciate God for who he is and what he's done for us. And and I think that these two things kind of go hand in hand and and they're pretty simple. Like this this whole lesson really is pretty simple and, and I may be able to do it very quickly. So, hey, we may have a shorter lesson tonight, but... Yeah, everyone looked at their watch. Everyone's like, okay, start time right now. Uh, we'll see. But so the, so the first thing I want to do is look at these two areas that cause us to underappreciate God. So first is our attitude. And, you know, I, I think about this in the relationship that I have with other pastors. I think about it in my own life. I think about it for... Uh, students that I've had as leaders in my youth group in the past, but I, I feel very confident in saying that even the most faithful followers of God have areas of their life or areas of their walk with God that they are embarrassed about. And, and, I, and I think about myself, even as a pastor, I think about Aaron or other pastors I've served with or other pastors that I know, and like, I know a lot of them that I know really well, I know their struggles, I know their downfalls, I know my struggles, and, and there's areas of my life that I'm embarrassed about, whether it's in the past or whether it's present or whatever, there's areas of my life and my relationship with God that I'm embarrassed about. And, and so I, I want you guys to first understand that if you have areas of your life where you're not you know you're not living up to the standard that God has for you, 
don't be discouraged by that. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a horrible person. I'm I'm not worthy of God because I have this part of my life that's so bad. Don't, I don't want you to ever feel like that because I want you to understand that everyone has areas of their life that they're embarrassed by. But here's kind of where this ties back into this underappreciation for God. And it's exactly what I was just saying. If we truly appreciated God for, for who he is and what he's done to the magnitude that we should, <clears throat> then we would strive like to a point to where we would have to be successful to have no areas of our life that we're embarrassed by. Because that would be out of appreciation for God. Like we'd say, God, I appreciate you so much for all that you do for me, for creating me, for choosing me to be, to know who you are, to understand your gospel, to, you know, call me to serve your kingdom to send Jesus to die on the cross, like all the things that he does for us to show a proper appreciation. We would do our best to get rid of these parts of our life that we're embarrassed of to get rid of them. But yet our attitude so many times on these things is just like, yeah, you know, it's just my sin. It's my struggle. You know, I can't really help it. And and we become very desensitized to it. And and, and I think the reason that I know that that this happens, not just because I see it in my own life, but because I see it in the lives of youth, is whenever I'll get up here and I'll teach about something and people disagree with me. Now, if I'm up here teaching about something that the Bible doesn't explicitly state, and I'm just sharing my my interpretation of reading God's word and like, hey, I've read the Bible and this is what I think that God is saying in this scenario. Like, it's one thing to disagree with that. But if I say, hey, the Bible clearly spells out that this is a sin and people go, you know what? I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't choose to believe that. They're, they've got parts of their life. Their attitude is that they know better or they don't want certain things in their life to be sin. And if we truly have an appreciation for who God is and what he's done, then we wouldn't have this attitude of arrogance when it comes to God's commands. We would just say, you know what, God, I surrender my all to you, and I want to be fully, fully committed to my life aligning with what you want and having no areas of my life that are separated from you. So, the first way that I think we underappreciate God is with the attitude that we come. And the second is with our mentality. And I think that, again, this is very similar to our attitude, right? You could say attitude and your mentality are very, very similar. But we just talked about in our last series, and I know not all of you guys were here for our last series, but our last series was called Big Church, Little You. And we talked about how not just our culture, but everyone in the church too are becoming more and more self-centered, but our culture definitely is becoming more self-centered. And I feel that what this has done is it's caused us to have an inflated view of ourselves. Now, I know that a lot of people struggle with like self-image and like feeling like they're not worth anything. Like, but I feel like overall, most people have an inflated view of themselves or their opinions, almost to the point 
to where we feel like that God doesn't appreciate us and what we do. Like we get to this mentality where we're like, God, I come to church. I read my Bible when I can. I pray whenever I need something like I, I do my best to be a good Christian, but yet my life's just so hard. Why, why do you hate me, God? Like, why are you against me? And we, we carry this mentality of almost feeling like God doesn't appreciate us. And, and, and when we do this, we have, to, we have to realize that we've got to change our mentality from focusing on us. And what we bring to the table, you know, be like, God, I'm so good at, you know, like I I know, (laughs) I know pastors that are like, I am a great teacher. God has, they they frame it as like, God has blessed me with the ability to teach and preach. It's like, oh, that's so humble of you to say that God has blessed you. Like, and I'll say that God has given me a spiritual gift of teaching and that whenever I get up here to speak, that a lot of times like, I prepare these words, I write down notes and everything, but a lot of times the words that I speak are not things that I've thought of. That, that it's just the Holy Spirit speaking through me. But we've got to change our mentality from the self-inflated ego of like, oh, what do I bring to the table? What, what, what can I use of myself to serve God? And focus more on God and, and what, he, what he wants from us. You know, we have to come to the realization that God has no reason to appreciate us. Like that, that, that sounds kind of critical and that sounds hard to hear, but literally God has no reason to appreciate you because all you do is you take what God has given you <clears throat> and you trans, trespass against God. You sin against God. Like God has given you life. God has given you health. God has given you a lot of things in your life. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. He's done so much for you. And yet we sit here and we're like, well, God doesn't appreciate me. God doesn't have to appreciate you. Now he does. God does appreciate you, but he doesn't have to. Like... There, there's nothing that you can do that, that necessarily deserves God's appreciation relative to what he's done for you. The fact that he appreciates us at all deserves even more appreciation from us for all that he does. And now I realize that I'm saying the word appreciation a lot and it feels like kind of confusing that like you should appreciate God because he appreciates you whenever he doesn't have to appreciate you so you should appreciate him more and it gets kind of confusing but the reality is that with everything that we have and everything that we are we should have the most appreciative spirit towards God that you could ever imagine and if you can't understand that if you can't understand why you should appreciate who God is and what he's done, then I don't think we fully understand God. Which kind of leads me to the point behind all of this. Like kind of the the real base problem. You know, I think you guys kind of know this about me, but I'm a very logical person. Like I really like math and science and stuff like that because like it's like 
rooted in stuff. You know, like, it just makes sense. I, it's logical. You know, like, I, I, and so in my brain, like, I always want to know why something happens. You know, like, okay, we don't appreciate God. Why? We should appreciate God. Why? Like, everything comes back to the why. Because we see all this stuff up here, but a lot of times we don't see the why at the bottom. And the why is critical. Because we have to understand why we should appreciate God. And we have to understand why God calls us to do... Like, we have to understand why we don't appreciate Him. So that we can fix it. So, first, let's look at why we, why we should appreciate God. Okay? So, first... These are things that I've been talking about all night. God created us. Okay, you, you go to Genesis 1, and it says God created the heavens and the earth. He created the, the trees, the plants, the water, the animals, humans. He did all this stuff. Why? We don't really know why. I mean, it says he created man in his image, and that he understood that man was alone and that's why he created woman and so we can we can kind of deduce that maybe God felt alone in a universe that was nothing with himself like I mean I don't know exactly why but God created everything like he didn't have to do that so we should appreciate God because he created us like that that's that's simple enough right there okay <clears throat> so second God chose us, okay? We know that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, okay? And, and, if, and we have to understand that, like that, that we were sinners. The Bible says, you know, that, that we are sinners. We fall short of God. We, we all understand this. And that there was no way for us to get to be with God in heaven until he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And so he chose us because Jesus didn't just die for Christians. He didn't just die for uh, good people. He didn't just die for the Jews. He didn't just die for, he died for everyone. Even people who choose to reject him is who he died for. And so God chose us all. He chose to Give an opportunity for each and every one of us. So we should appreciate God for that. And we should appreciate the fact that God promises that he will take care of his people. Now, does this mean that just because you're a Christian, your life's going to be great? No, it, 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 that's not what God's saying. But God says that ultimately he will take care of his people. And so God created us, he saved us, and he provides for us. That's why we should appreciate God. And he does these in ways like you can say the same thing about your parents, right? Like your parents created you. They, you can't say they saved you, but they, they protected you, right? And they provided for you. Like, okay. But not to the magnitude in which God did because what your parents did for you was like physical care. And what God did for you was spiritual care. And so we have to understand that we have to appreciate God. 
So now that we understand why we should appreciate God, we have to look at why the, the why behind why we, don't, why we don't appreciate God. And I think the answer turned out to be very simple. It's that we don't understand who God is. And, and, and I'm sure some of you are sitting here going, wait a minute. Like, I have spent a lot of my life studying the Bible, reading the Bible, trying to learn about God, who he is. How can, how can you say that I don't understand God? You know, I think it's one thing to say you don't understand God at all, and another thing to say you don't understand all of God. And so I think that while God has revealed certain aspects of who he is to us through his word, there are many aspects of who God is that are a mystery to us. In fact, if you read in Job 36, it talks a lot about who God is and what God is and the characters of God. But then ultimately in verse 26 of Job 36, it tells us that we can never understand who God is. We can never fully understand who God is. And so what does that mean for us? Like, if I told you, hey, you will never fully understand me. Like, you can get to know me, you can be my best friend, but you will never fully understand who I am or what makes me the person that I am. Would you just say, well, if I can't fully understand you, then I just don't want to have a relationship with you. Or would you say, you know what, I understand that I'm never going to fully understand you because I can't be you. But I want to do my best to have the best relationship with you I can. You know, I think a lot of times people just say, well, since I can't fully know God, I'm just fine knowing what I do know about God and never working to know more about him. Never working to become a better follower of God and to better understand who he is. You know, I think that we have to realize that God made the certain parts of him understandable to us so that we could understand those things about God, so that we would appreciate him. I mean, there's this thing called the Bible. You guys might have heard of it. It's a book, like best-selling book of all time, blah, blah, blah. There's this thing called the Bible. And if you look at it, God reveals himself to humanity throughout this book. By reading it and studying it, we can start to understand bits and pieces of who God truly is. And ultimately, we can see his desire to seek and save all of his creation. And if we can see this, if we can can find this, this nature of who God is in the Bible then we begin to have this appreciation for him. But if we start at the beginning and we say, man, I can't fully understand who God is. I want, I, I'm just fine not, not worrying about it. Like if I can't fully know him, then why bother? You know, we, we, we have to have a desire to seek God before we can fully appreciate him. Now, now this leaves us with kind of a which came first, the chicken or the egg scenario. Like, so what comes first? A desire to seek God so that we can appreciate him or an appreciation for God so that we seek him. And, and you know, 
you know, we look at what Jeremiah 29, 13 says. And you might remember this from Vacation Bible School. As I was writing this, I was like, I started like singing the song that went with it. It says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I think this is what this is saying is that we must first have a heart that is willing to seek God. Meaning that we have to appreciate what God has done for us. And so I'm going to say here tonight, maybe some of you came here and you were like, you know what? Hearing you talk tonight, I realize I have never appreciated God for what he's done for me. Maybe some of you are sitting here tonight and you've never accepted salvation, meaning that you've never said, God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me so that I can spend eternity in heaven with you. And, and that's the first step in appreciation to God. Maybe you're in that place tonight and you need to, you need to be saved for the first time. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like, hey, I've been a Christian for a long time, but the level of appreciation that I have for God is not where it needs to be. Like, I, I, I have had appreciation for God in the past, but it hasn't motivated me to seek God in the way that I should be seeking God. So I sit here and I say, we have a generation of students. And, I, and I've been around a lot, a lot of teenagers in my years of doing youth ministry. And one thing I can tell you about most, like 98, 99% of the teenagers I work with is they do not have a heart that is willing to seek God. And that sounds critical, but they, they, They'll come to church, they'll listen to the lesson, they'll, you know, go to camp, they'll... but whenever I ask them, hey, are you reading your Bible at home? Or I assign them, like, I've done things before where I'm like, hey, this week we're going to read these passages, and then we come back, and I'm like, hey, who read the passages? And it'll be like one kid that'll raise their hand and be like, I read it. Everyone else will be like, I read part of it, I read a little bit, I read on Monday, but then I didn't you know, wasn't motivated to do it the rest of the week. People have lost the heart to seek God. And so I'm going to ask you tonight to check your heart. Do you have a heart that's willing to seek God? Because the Bible's clear that you will seek me. You will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. We want to sit and we want to say, where's God? Like, why is God not present? Why is God not showing me this? Why is God not X, Y, Z? But we're not willing to have a heart to seek him. I think another problem people have is they spend their whole life seeking God and they never find what they're looking for. And then they blame God for that. They're like, God, why are you not showing me these things in my life. And I'm going to tell you right now 
that if what you're looking for isn't what God wants from you, you're never going to find what you're looking for. You have to seek with an open heart to allow God to show you what he wants to show you, not what you want to see. But I think what this all boils down to, we sit here and we can be like, oh, well, it makes total sense that people today aren't, are disconnected from God because they don't have a heart to seek after him. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. But we have to understand that a heart to seek after God has to start from a place of appreciation of who God is and what he's done for us. So I'm going to ask you tonight, how much do you appreciate God? Maybe, like I said, you're sitting here and you need to express appreciation to God for the first time in your life and say, God, thank you so much for creating me. Thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for me. And I want to commit my life to following you. Maybe that's what you need tonight is that first appreciation of God, a moment of salvation. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know what? I appreciated God in the past. I, I, I've experienced salvation. I know that Jesus died for me and I appreciate that. But somewhere along the line, I've lost my appreciation for God. And it's caused me to fail to seek him to the extent that I should. I don't know where you're at tonight. I would be willing to bet that everyone in this room, myself included, is in one of those two places. I think if push come to shove, I said, are you in a place where you need to appreciate God for the first time or you need to rediscover your appreciation for God? Everyone would fit into one of those two categories. So what is it for you tonight? What do you need to do tonight to reconnect with God through this idea of appreciating what he's done for you? How do you need to use that appreciation to allow you to seek him in your life?